Bueller Burnett. Um, I'm Laurie F., and I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon. Hi, I've been coming to Al-Anon for about 13 years. Um, I'll give you a little history about myself. I come from a family. I've, I've four sisters, two brothers, and I grew up in an, in an alcoholic home. Um, didn't know it at the time. I thought that was normal. I, I thought it was normal to have drinking all the time, to have the constant bickering and the constant chaos. Um, my father was the alcoholic. Um, he was a functional alcoholic. He worked, but he also spent a lot of time drinking. So there are a lot of times that we uh, went without. I learned a lot of things growing up. And the one thing I learned was denial. You know, don't acknowledge that it exists because it's much easier on you if you don't acknowledge and nobody will know. Nobody will know at all. Um, I learned how to isolate. I didn't like confrontation. And so for me, it was easier to just withdraw. And I, I do that even today very easily. If things become too much for me, I withdraw into myself and I can be sitting in a room and participating in conversation, but not really participating. I could be a victim very easily and a martyr. But I also had a lot of things that I learned growing up in an alcoholic home that was, uh, they were good traits. Um, I was taught very early to be very self-sufficient, that I could do and accomplish anything I set my mind to. Um, I was dependable. If I said I was going to do something, then I did it. Uh, responsibility. If I, I was very responsible at a very early age, I learned uh, to work and to become, to be self-sufficient. And a lot of times, the money that I earned went back into the home. But as I was growing up, I had made a lot of decisions growing up, and, and one was that I would never get involved with an alcoholic. <laughs> Not ever. But I was drawn to alcoholics because they were a lot of fun. But you know, when it got to be too much, I could turn my back on them and walk away, and it didn't bother me in the least. Well, I married an alcoholic, and I knew dating that he had a problem with drinking, and he probably drank a little bit too much, but I could change that. Mm -hmm. you know, as we got into marriage, I would be able to help him see the errors in his thinking. <laughs> so we partied, and uh, we got married, we partied, we didn't have children right away, so we did a lot of partying. Um, I had my first child five years into the marriage. And everything was going fine. And my second child, two years later, and it was then that I had stopped drinking, and he hadn't. And so he knew I wasn't happy when he was drinking, so he started hiding it. And I would search for it, because that's what I thought I should do. Well... At, at that point, I really was still very self-sufficient, and I told him I couldn't go on that way any longer. 
he had a decision to make. He could either get help or we were done because I wasn't going to continue on that avenue. He did go to AA and he worked the steps and he became sober. And he was sober for 15 years. So my children, as he was going to AA during that time, they were young, so I could concentrate on them and I didn't need Al-Anon. And I didn't go to Al-Anon because I didn't have a problem. He had the problem. And our life was what I thought was perfect because I had denial. I could make everything disappear and I didn't have to acknowledge it. He started drinking again when his parents died and the drinking started where it left off. It was pretty bad. Now my children are grown and out of the house and I have no one to concentrate on, no one to put all of my efforts into. And I became very isolated. I didn't want anyone to know what was going on, so I didn't even talk to my family about it. I just became very isolated from friends, family, and I just pretty much stayed at home. At the same time, I was working with a gentleman who got fired for drinking on the job and uh, found his way to, Ella, to, to AA. And we were pretty close, and he encouraged me to get to an Al-Anon meeting. And, and I, I'm really thankful because not only did he encourage me to get to an, to an Al-Anon meeting, he encouraged me to get sponsored to work the steps. And I'm forever thankful that he was in my life at that time because I don't know that I would have um, picked a sponsor immediately because, you know, when I came into the program, all the things that you read, you know, doesn't really talk too much about sponsorship, and I thought I could work it all on my own. I, you know, I can read. I can read these books, and I can become healthy. I didn't come to Al-Anon to fix the alcoholic at the point that I came into the program because our marriage at that point in time was very rocky, to say the least, and I really didn't care if he drank himself to death or not. Um... I came for me because I was really, really sick, and I was unhappy, and my health had started to be affected by it. <clears throat> my first sponsor um, gave me the book, When I Got Busy, I Got Better, and I, re I read it, but I also had heard in meetings that um, you can say no, nope, so why would I take, why would I get in? to service because I, I didn't want to commit myself to anything more. And it was a, shortly after I got the book that RGR told us at the meeting, and my home meeting is here at Bethany, that she could no longer drive at night and she needed someone to take her position. And I thought, well, I can try it. I can always say no because Alan tells me I should say no. <laughs> So I went to my first meeting, and I wasn't going to volunteer for any, <laughs> not anything. I was just going to attend and see what it was like. And Benny was our district rep at the time, and I think she mentioned that it was, uh, they needed to get one of the um, service announcements to a television station. And all of a sudden, my hand went up, and I said, well, I can do that. 
pretty soon I was volunteering to do more and more. Now, my home situation hadn't improved, but service kept me coming back. Because, as I said, I learned to be dependable when I was growing up. And I said I would do something, so I would do it. And every month when the district meeting would come along, I'd go home and I'd say, ah, I really don't have to go. And then I would get up and I would go. And it, it's what kept, come, kept coming back. And service for me has been that kind of a, a role. It has kept me in the program. It keeps me centered. It, it, it shows me how to live my life. The steps taught me how to acknowledge what was going on in my life, to learn about me, and service helps me learn how to live. Because alcoholism is, in my estimation, a, a disease of relationships. And I could tell everyone what to do and how to do it, but I could never look at myself and say, maybe I have a a part in this. So I kept coming back and I, and I got involved in service. Things didn't get any better at home. Um, in fact, they probably got worse because every time I would go to a meeting or go do something in service, that was the time that the alcoholic would start the fight with me, hoping that I would isolate again because that's all I did. When we would get into a disagreement, I would withdraw and I would isolate. But I kept coming back, and I kept going, even though it did cause problems. I've been in the program for quite a while before I decided that my relationship with the alcoholic wasn't going anywhere. It was getting worse, and I divorced the alcoholic. But I needed to continue to come because I had a lot of anger and a lot of resentments, and I needed to work through those. Um, a year after I divorced the alcoholic, he had an accident and he fell two stories from a roof. And he was in the hospital for four or five months. And at one point, we didn't even know if he would make it. I have two children. And one was, has two, had two small children. And my son had just graduated from college and had moved out east and had just found a job. So his sister had, was at the hospital, and I was with her because my son wanted to speak through me for his medical decisions. He knew his sisters would, would uh, make decisions based on their heart, and he wanted the decisions based on, he's very logical, and on what he thought should happen because he knew his father would not want to be just a vegetable. Well, he made a remarkable recovery. Because that's what happens. Um, he was in the hospital a long time. He had to go to uh, a rehab. Uh, he was off of work for quite some time. And when he went back to work, they eliminated his job. Um, he had to stay with someone after he got out of the hospital because he could not be left alone. He was very compulsive. He had a brain injury. And as I said, my son wasn't here, and my daughter certainly couldn't take him in. She had two small children, and his brothers and sisters weren't here. 
So he came to live with me. Um, and I could never have ever let him back in my life if I had not been in Al-Anon and they had not worked the step and had not had the serenity that needs to be there. It's very difficult to explain to people when you take someone back in your home and you're divorced <laughs> why you're there. <laughs> um, and I don't try to explain it. He did go home to his apartment, and then he lost his, as I said, he lost his job. And um, so he moved back in with me, and we're roommates. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the difference is that now I have the program under my belt, and many times when the chaos starts coming and the discussions start coming, I can pretty much tell them we can agree to disagree. We don't have to agree on this. And I don't have to have your opinion and you don't have to have mine. And I live my life with Alan in it. He's not working a program now. He's not going to any AA meetings. And that's his. That's not mine. I continue to work my program and pray that someday he'll find his program. And what keeps me coming back to the program is this is where I find my serenity. This is where I get my hope. And nowhere in, in our program does it say life gets easier. It never tells you that it's going to be a, a bed of roses. It just says that you can live with the disease of alcoholism. You learn how to live with it. It doesn't mean that I don't have days where I'm back at step one. Um, it just means that I have something now that I can rely on. And I used to rely very heavily on meetings, um, and I still do when things become very chaotic. And they can become chaotic, not with the alcoholics so much, but with day-to-day -day living. It, it can get that way with my job when the recession hit and all the layoffs hit at my place of employment, it was awful. And it was the program that kept, kept me centered because nothing can be placed in front of me that through the steps and through my higher power that I can't work through, there's nothing that will keep me from being serene, and I won't give my serenity up anymore very easily. So when the cuts came out work, it was very difficult because <clears throat> I worked at the same company for 26 years, and I saw a lot of my coworkers being escorted out off the premises, and it was just devastating not only for them but the, for the people that were left behind. And it was the program that kept me centered in that. It was the program that keeps me centered even now when things are chaotic at work. I often say that sometimes I don't like myself, and when I'm in those moods where I want to be in control, I kind of barricade myself in my little cubie and don't go off. But people can hear the, the comments I make, and I um, took a different position during the, the, the cutoffs up. I went back to uh, what we call customer service, and I had been out of that for about 10 years. 
And that's a real eye-opener to go back into. It's what I started with the company. And uh, it's not the most pleasant place to be when customers are very upset with you. So at, at times when that stress gets to be too much, I really do have to take out a book and read and, and get myself centered because it can be become very overwhelming. That's what keeps coming. It keeps me coming back is that the program offers me tools to live by that I never had before and that I didn't know because I didn't learn them growing up. I didn't know. I thought it was normal to try to control everyone and everything. And I'm sure that if you talk to my kids, they could tell you all of the controlling things I did as they were growing up. But when I talk to them. They, they think it's normal, and I'll tell them, oh, we're a pretty dysfunctional family, and they'll, they'll question, I don't know why you talk that way. <laughs> they don't want to acknowledge that it was pretty dysfunctional, but it was. Um, because like I said, when I put all my efforts into making sure that they were going to have everything and they were going to abide by everything, I wasn't in the program long and my son got his first DUI. And it's the program that helped me keep my hands off of that situation. Uh, I would not pay his attorney fee. I would not pay his, uh, he had to go for counseling. I would not pay for any of that. He had to, his attorney, he had to pay for himself. He had to find a way to do it. I don't know if he has a problem today. I pray he doesn't. But only he, he will know that, and in time, he'll take care of it. He does not drink today, I do know that. Or, or he doesn't drink to the excess that he did before. He was probably the one that was most impacted when his father started drinking because he was still at home. But for the most part, my, fam my, my relationships with my children are much better than they ever were before. I can listen to them without taking their inventory, without telling them what to do unless they ask for it. And I would never have been able to do that before. So the program has taught me a lot, and without it, I don't, uh, I don't know what I would have been like. I, I know that I didn't like myself. I didn't like the way my life was going. I thought I had this beautiful fairy tale life and then as I worked the program and I discovered that all those gut instincts that I had and I had just pushed down were really true. You know, as you as you look back and you do your inventory and you look at your responsibility and some of the things that happened, it's it's really an eye opener. And I did have a lot of responsibility. It wasn't all the alcoholic. I, I brought a lot on myself. I have a tendency when things are bad, to become very sarcastic, and I can do that at a drop of a dime. I can. That sarcasm is right there. Someone will say something, and it'll 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 come out, and then I have to make an amends. So one of the things that I use before I speak now is think, and I really use that a lot because I don't want to have to make amends for for a comment that is not called for. I think I touched on everything that's happened to me, and, that, and as I told people as they uh, asked me if I was nervous about doing this, no, I'm not, because it is my story. And on any given day, my story could change a little bit. 
but the this, uh, the recovery doesn't change. The recovery is still there, and and that's what I'm thankful for is that recovery. Mm -hmm. Thank you.